I didn't even notice you there. It's time for announcements. Hey, at church this week on Wednesday, we have one more youth. That's our meeting for middle schoolers and high schoolers. That starts at 6.30. We invite all the middle schoolers and high schoolers at our church and throughout our neighborhood to join us. Uh, we have a Bible study, worship. Uh, we always order pizza, and we have a really fun game. So you won't want to miss that, middle schoolers and high schoolers, Wednesday, 6.30. Also coming up this Saturday is our baptism at Baya Honda. We go to Calusa side. Uh, we'll be there Saturday, April 8th at 9 a.m. We do some acoustic worship and then we baptize people. You're welcome to join us. Uh, it's a great event to be a part of. And if you have not been baptized yet, it is an important thing to do. You can sign up on the app to get baptized. We want to make sure you got a shirt and a baptism certificate. So sign up. Also, Next weekend is a huge weekend here at church. It is Easter weekend. We're celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. And man, we got a lot of great stuff planned for that. We'll do all of our normal services Saturday at 7 p.m., Sunday morning at 8, 9, 30, and 11. And those will all be exactly the same. Uh, 9.30 has traditionally been the busiest and a little hard to park at. So just make a note of that. You're welcome to go to whichever one you want. Just, you know, something to think about. We also have an Easter sunrise service inside here at the church at 6.30 a.m. We will digitally project a sunrise so you'll get that experience uh, without all the mosquitoes. And uh, you'll get air conditioning and hot coffee, too. So really, it's a win. If you like an Easter sunrise service, join us for that. That's really all of the major announcements that I have right now. Keep downloading the app, and you know what we got to do now. Let's get ready for church. Hey, welcome to those of you joining us online. We're getting ready to go. Glad you're with us. Had a great time of worship uh, so far, and we're looking forward to spending this next one with you. Then we continue on in our series. We're looking at a great question today out of Matthew 16. Who do you say I am? Maybe the most important question that's out there. So uh, grab your Bibles, grab a coffee, get comfortable, because here we go. Woo! Good morning, family. It is great to see all your faces and hear your voices. I'd like to say this is my favorite part of the week, being together with you guys. We're going to get ready for worship, but before we do, I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to accomplish this morning. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in the Questions Jesus Asked, Part 13. And Pastor Steve ties in really nicely with the, the beginning of the Passion Week and the story there. But before we dive into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we thank you for your presence with us this morning. We are so grateful for the privilege to gather together with our brothers and sisters to celebrate and worship you. And Papa, as we begin this Passion Week, as we focus on the great lengths that you went to 
to restore us to your family. We are in awe of you. So as we gaze upon your face, Papa, we ask that you would soften our hearts and mold them to be like your heart so that we can show the love that you showed us to others and love one more lost kid back into your family, Papa. You are so faithful to us. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty and eternal God, who in your tender love toward the human race sent your son, our savior Jesus Christ, to take our nature upon himself and to suffer death on the cross so that we should follow the great example of his humility. In your mercy, God, grant that we may both follow the example of his suffering and also partake in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup, was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal... I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. We want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship. And I'd just like to encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices as we elevate Jesus here in our midst this morning. We'll see the words show up on the screen. Sing out the, the words. Uh, you'll, you'll know a lot of these songs. You're welcome to sit, stand if you're able, then sings my soul, How Great Thou Art.
what the Lord can do. Uh-uh. What the Lord can do. It's gonna happen. Just let the wind make it through. He's gonna move. He's gonna move. Can you imagine? With all the faith in the room, what the Lord can do. What the Lord can do. It's gonna happen. Just let the wind make it through. He's gonna Oh, 
so so thankful for this time of worship in your presence god you're awesome and father as we're here in your presence i'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word lord god would you anoint the words that are spoken to us that are taught to us use those words god to stir up our hearts towards you and holy spirit i'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children god anoint them give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them oh god You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Boys and girls, so excited to see you. Well, today we are learning about some people who had seen and heard about Jesus and why they decided to follow him, okay? Did you know that the Bible is like a map that leads us to Jesus? Did you know that? Isn't that amazing? 
Yes, cool. So cool. Awesome. Are you ready to hear the story? Okay. Do you remember that Jesus had a cousin? I know, right? Do you remember his name? John the Baptist. Yes, John, right? And he had baptized Jesus. And one day, John and two of his disciples were standing around, right? When John saw Jesus, right? And he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. And his disciples heard and they started to follow Jesus. And Jesus looked back and said, hi, guys, what are you looking for? And they said, teacher, where are you staying? And he said, come and see. And they went and they saw where he was staying. And they spent the whole day with him. One of the followers' name was Andrew. Andrew went to get his brother Simon and brought him to Jesus. When Jesus saw Simon, he said, Simon, you are Simon, right? But you will be called Peter. He changed his name. Isn't that amazing? I know. And then the next day, Jesus saw Philip, and he said, Philip, follow me. And then Philip, it tells us in John chapter 1, verse 45, that Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets spoke, wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Come and see. As soon as Jesus saw Nathaniel, he said, here is an Israelite who can be trusted. And Nathaniel was like, whoa, how do you know me? Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip came to see you and tell you about me. Nathaniel was amazed and said, teacher, you are the son of God. You are the true king of Israel. Isn't that amazing, guys? Yes, Jesus is the son of God. And he came down to earth to save us from sin and death. Very good. Sin and death, right? And people, he called people to follow him, and they became his disciples. And guess what, guys? Us too. Jesus calls us too. And when we follow and trust Jesus, we become his disciples. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Cool. All right. So now we're going to say the Bible verse together. Are you guys ready? With one voice, okay? Repeat after me. John 1, 45. Excellent. Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. Good. His name is Jesus. Very good, Ava and Susanna. Good job. Okay. The son of Joseph, the son of Joseph. From, Nazareth. from Nazareth. Excellent work. Oh my goodness. Good job. You did so good.
The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We have a birthday in the house. Can you guys help me sing happy birthday? Because it's Dee's birthday and she's over there somewhere. Yeah. Huh? Dee is birthday. Yeah, Dee's. Dee. So, let's go. You ready? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. Happy birthday to you. She's 25. Just want you to know she's Happy birthday. All right. Happy birthday. Uh, Pastor Jordina is going to pray for you, and then you guys can head off to Sunday school, children's okay. church. Awesome, guys. Are you ready? Let's talk to the Lord, okay? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father in heaven, Thank you so much for this day, Lord God. Thank you for our children, Lord God. Father, we just want them to know that they are so loved by you, Lord God. We want them to follow Jesus all the days of their lives, Lord God. For you will protect them, Lord God. You will guide them, Lord God. In Jesus' name, what do we say, guys? Have fun. Learn and obey and do all those things at the same time. <laughs> Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you with us today. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you here as well as we celebrate Palm Sunday together. Uh, next weekend is Easter. I have a, just a few quick extra announcements. They were in the announcements, but I just want to make sure everybody heard them. So next weekend, Easter Equin is Easter Week when man. It's, oh, this is where the education well. is paying off. Yeah. <laughs> Easter weekend. So some extra stuff happening. On Saturday morning at 9, we're doing a baptism out at Bay of Honda. Uh, we have a lot of fun. You need to be baptized. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you haven't been baptized, it's a biblical non-negotiable. It needs to happen. Uh, other people will come who don't remember being baptized. And I'm not challenging that theologically. My thought is always, if you don't have a memory of being baptized, it's a very powerful memory to have. And you may want to come out and uh, make that with us out there at Bay Honda. It should be a a lovely day. We'll have a little worship out there on the beach. And then uh, we'll baptize those of you. That's at 9 Mm o'clock Saturday. Saturday night, we'll have uh, our first Easter celebration. It'll be just like all the ones on Sunday. We'll start it on Saturday night at 7. Sunday morning, we'll do 8, 9, 30, and 11, but we also add an indoor sunrise service at 6, 30. Uh, so, you know, indoor sunrise, we actually, we have this, we'll have a video of sunrise and we'll digitally project it in here. It's the real deal uh, here in the Keys. But um, it's, why do we do it indoors? I, I love a sunrise service, but I'm not a big fan of mosquitoes, no seams, the heat. There you go. <laughs> And all the other stuff that goes with it. So we moved it inside. We have air conditioning. We eliminated the bugs. We have coffee. It's awesome. All right. It's the, it's the early so bird. It's Easter early, Easter. and you it's not the full-on worship team because it's too early. It's six thirty for you know everything. So uh, it's acapella. No, it's, you know, Douglas and I will do a little, yeah, okay. a little acoustic set, and uh, it'll be nice. And we'll, I'll preach the same message, but that's yeah. at six thirty. Awesome. Sunday, and then eight, nine thirty, and eleven. Right. Um, uh, please invite people. These invites are out there on the table. This is the. This Sunday in particular, Easter Sunday, people will respond to invitations more than they otherwise would. Invite them. There are a number of people that you know 
who want to go to church on Easter, don't know where to go, aren't in the habit, invitation will get them there. So we would love for you to take a stack of these on your way out. There's three in a stack and invite that many people. And then the following Thursday, so the 13th, we're starting a new uh, weeknight group that will run eight weeks. Pastor Fran and Pastor Georgina are going to do that. And it's on The Chosen and it's season three. And they've done that for uh, season one and two and it went really well. You watch the episode and then there'll be discussion groups that break through it. Uh, it's been really good. If you haven't seen The Chosen, you'll like it. We'll show it on one of the big screens and uh, Thursdays, 6.30, starting on the 13th. And it's a good, good opportunity to wear your merch, your chosen your merch. Your chosen merch, yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Got to do it. Okay. Boom. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code will get you to our digital connect card. Point your smart device at it. And you'll get a link for that name, phone number, email. We would love for you to fill that out. We'll send you texts and emails for the next five or six weeks pretty regularly, and then it'll drop into the regular flow, which isn't very often. Uh, just a way for us to connect, so do that. While every time we gather, uh, at this point in time, we pray for our neighbors. This is to reinforce corporately what we've asked you to do individually, which is to pray for the people who are living around you. This is... One of the most powerful ministries that any of us will ever do, and it's something that all of us can do. And, and so we want to encourage you to do it daily, and so we do it when we gather. So think about a couple of your neighbors, if you would. Let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. God, we ask that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors and to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Cool. We're in a series, Questions Jesus Asked. Uh, we're looking at Jesus asks over 300 questions in the Gospels. I'm encouraging you to look for them. And then we're sort of going through about 20 of them to give you an idea of what it feels like to hang out with a question. Today's question is out of Matthew 16 where Jesus says, Who do you say I am? But it works very well with a question that comes out of the uh, passage of the triumphal entry when the crowd says, Who is this? And we're going to weave those together and talk a little bit about Palm Sunday and all that's going on because that's what we celebrate uh, on this weekend. Now, 2,000 years, uh, the first one, and we still, still celebrate it, so that's very cool. So before we get all of that, let's get to the jokes, and then you can pray for us, and you can lead us in the reading of the Word, because that's important. So, this is a very Palm Sunday joke. There's a woman who wanted to bring a lovely bouquet of anemones to decorate the church for Palm Sunday. However, the sanctuary was already decorated with palm branches. So the pastor said, with fronds like these... Who needs an enemies? I heard that like five times this week. Now it's six. Yeah. Loved it. He loved That's going to that stick joke. in your brain. He loved it. Today, you'll be thinking about with fronds like these and that song, More Than Able. It'll just, you're not going to be able to shake that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, oh, this is true. Alice had the sewing machine out this week. Uh, she was hemming some pants for our granddaughter. And uh, I was reminded all of a sudden the man who fell into an upholstery machine. Yeah, he's, um, he's fully recovered. In chintz, yeah. yeah. He's fully recovered. Last one. Hmm. Thank goodness. I always talk about my driving here. It comes mm-hmm. up a lot. And somebody recently complimented me on my driving, so I thought that was good. They, they left a note on my windshield that said, parking fine. So, so that was nice. That was nice, right. Okay. Good job, honey. You're up. 
Parking fine. Let's switch gears a little bit, shall we? Let's pray together and we'll read the word. Papa, mm, you're so good to us, Lord. Thank you for this day. And as we remember your entry into Jerusalem on that faith, during that faithful week, Lord, and the, the townspeople didn't know what to do. They threw palm fronds in front of the donkeys, Lord. We just, we, we pour our hearts in front of you today. We pour our burdens in front of you today. We pour our joys in front of you today. And we say, welcome. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of Matthew, and this is chapter 21, verses 11 and following. Wait, wait, here we go. 21, 1 through 11, I'm so sorry. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred, and they asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can sit. All right. So, as I said briefly in the introduction, we're going to sort of weave two questions together. One that came out of that passage Alice just read, which is the passage known as the triumphal entry, uh, where the crowd says, who is this? And that works really well with the question that Jesus asks. And we'll look at that in a minute. Who do you say I am? Let me just say up front, that might be the most important question that Jesus asks, and your answer is pivotal in your life. So uh, we're going to get to that as we walk through that. But um, this is, I said, Palm Sunday. It's a celebration that's taking place. And this would have been a, a special uh, week heading up. The disciples, remember, and we've talked about this, uh, they were convinced that Jesus was Messiah, and they were right about that. But they also were expecting him, uh, as he's marching into Jerusalem, that he's coming now to overthrow the Romans and restore Israel to their former glory in the times of David and Solomon. That's all they can think about. And even though he's tried to tell them that's not how it's going to work, uh, they, they can't sort of wrap their minds around that. And so they're like, this is it. And it's exciting what's going on. It really is. It's a big thing. Uh, and, and so the, the scripture says that the whole city was stirred. 
Uh, and I, I get it, you know, part of it is the disciples are excited. He's coming and he's going to do what we've been waiting for him to do. And I like to think, you know, when I read the scripture about all the people that would have been there, all the people that Jesus has impacted and prayed for, and people whose lives have been changed would have been there. And people who couldn't see, who could see were there. And, you know, Lazarus was there. He'd just been, you know, whoop, he had been in the grave for a little while and boop, out of the tomb. And, and you know, it's, there's some pretty things, neat things happen. People that couldn't hear can now hear and they're part of the whole celebration. And this is the, the disciples and everything. And the, the crowd, a crowd gathers because of what's going on. It draws attention to it in Jerusalem. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city, everybody was stirred. They were stirred up. There's something life-changing that happens when you realize that Jesus is near. It changes everything. The presence of Jesus changes everything in our lives. And it's a stirring thing. It stirs us up. We've talked a lot about uh, the last few weeks, uh, the, you know, the, the kingdom is here, but not fully here. And we've explained that, the now and then not yet. Uh, and there's something to that, that he's here in a very real way already because of what he's done. He's here. More is to come, but he's here. And there's something about the presence of Jesus that, that stirs things up. And we experienced it. I hope you experienced it in some measure this morning during worship. I know that uh, we have, you know, that's, I, I came last night, I came at eight, and we just did it again. And each time there was a very real presence of the Lord here. And it impacts. And it impacts people in different ways. So there's no one way to be impacted. Like some people, I, we always talk about this, you know, uh, well, some, how come not everybody stands? Well, some people feel more of the presence of God when they're sitting down. And you could make everybody stand, but then, you know what happens then? They're, they're sitting on the inside. And they can't wait for things to be over. So I don't want to do that. And some people like to stand and some people are, you know, um, you know, it's funny, I laugh. There are times when in that sort of nearness of Jesus, I will, I will feel like I want to jump a little bit. And I'll jump a little bit like that, you know, and, and I can't jump the way I used to. So I've come up with a fake jump where I just do sort of calf presses. <laughs> Fast. That doesn't seem to hurt my knees as much. But you get it. There's, there's just something about Jesus being here. And we need to remember that he's with us and that he's for us. And, and it's a big deal. And it was making an impact on the city. It was stirring up Jerusalem. Something was happening. Jesus was near and it was making a difference. Now we've been talking uh, in this series a lot. Another thing we've talked about, how Jesus comes to set the things of Adam right. Jesus is the second Adam. And he, he's redeeming Adam. And, and we looked a, a few weeks ago at all the communion suppers and how he, Jesus is setting those things right. And we have a, I have a great one to talk about next week and how he's setting things right when we're in John 20. But he's, he's entering the scene now and he's setting things right and he's fulfilling prophecy. And he fulfills a lot of prophecy, Jesus does. And, and in this particular case, there's a prophecy that we read about from Zechariah 9 9. And it says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout. Daughter Jerusalem, see your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly, and riding on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now that's quite a passage. And I don't know if you uh, have ever thought about this, but this is Jesus entering the scene, fully God, fully man. And perhaps you might think he should come in on the, on a, you know, with a, on a big horse, uh, you know, elaborately decorated with armies and, and all sorts of things coming in. The king is here. And, and the scripture says, righteous and victorious king is here. But here's this really cool thing. 
lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt. Humble. He's our humble king. And he's coming in. And, and even though he is not at that moment going to overthrow the Romans, he is going to come in and do something even more important. He's going to defeat the power of sin and the power of death. And he's going to begin setting everything right. But you might wonder, well, why? Some people have asked sometimes, why? Why a donkey? What was, what was going on with that? Well, uh, that prophecy was there. But there's also this very cool admonition for the kings of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 17. And so the kings of Israel were told this. This was how they were supposed to live. The king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself, or make the people return to Egypt to get more of them, for the Lord has told you you're not to go back that way again. All the good horses were back in Egypt. Don't get horses. He must not take many wives, or his heart will be led astray. And he must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. So they were told, don't collect for yourselves horses, wives, and money. Do you know who the only king of Israel who lived up to that was? His name was Jesus. No horses, no wives, no money. He's the one true king, fulfilling prophecy, setting things right. And that's the way that he comes in. And it's a powerful picture. And his presence is stirring things up. Because that's what it does. And, and because his presence, and this was the one true king, and he's, they're, he's, they're, they're seeing things before their eyes. They, they just can't help themselves but praise God. They just, they're just so excited. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. The presence of Jesus in the city was stirring things up. Jesus was near. Messiah was on the move. And the people couldn't help but respond. Today, we need to be those who realize that Jesus is near. And when he's near, it causes us to respond. And, and sometimes we can't help but praise. Sometimes we can't help but say thank you, God. Sometimes we just can't help what he's doing because he's near. And we should experience that because we have experienced his greatest miracle. He's given us life everlasting. He's forgiven us all of our sins. He's set us free from slavery to sin and bondage. He's made us new. He's given us hope. He's given us grace. He's given us mercy. We are the recipients of all these things. And that should at some times just cause you to realize how amazing He is that you can't help but say, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. He's made us new through what He's done. And, and so we're different. Unfortunately, the busyness of our lives... And the oppression of the enemy often causes us to lose focus and to somehow not um, uh, continue to operate in the amazingness of what he's done. We get stuck in the smallness of everything else. And we get burdened by it. And, and we become much like our culture. And, and we sort of are very quickly wrapped up in the fear and the greed that is the hallmark of our culture now. Instead of the love and life that he's come to give us. And we need to be ever aware that Jesus is with us. And, and not only for our sake, but as we do that, it will impact the people around us. And the hope is it impacts them to go, huh, 
Who is this Jesus that's making you different? Who is this? Because that's what the crowd wanted to know. They, they, the disciples obviously knew, and the people who had been impacted him, they already knew, but there was a bunch of people that showed up. You know, when something happened in the city that was stirring everything up, everybody went to see. There wasn't a whole lot of other stuff going on. The crowds came. Who is this? And so this is an important question. Who is this? And, and how do you answer that question about Jesus? Who is Jesus? Now, culturally... Uh, we have a lot of things that sort of pop up with people, and you'll hear it when you, if you talk about Jesus, you'll say, well, some people say, well, he was a, he was a great moral teacher. That's who Jesus was. Uh, he was a prophet of some sort. He was a, he was a spiritual guru, uh, of the time. He was a philosopher. That's who Jesus was. Um, and Jesus asks his disciples kind of a similar question. Matthew 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, well, who do people say? The Son of Man is. Look, they were saying the same things that I just told you back then. Oh, they replied, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. What about you? Who do you say I am? Now, Peter's going to answer in a moment, and he's going to answer correctly, but hit the pause button. That one's for you. What about you? Who do you say I am? That's what Jesus is asking. And I would submit to you that your answer to this question is the most important answer that you will have throughout your life. Now listen to what Peter says, because it's really good. Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. You're the anointed one. You are fully God, fully man. You're the one who is to come that we've been reading about in the Old Testament who is going to come and make a way for us to be reconciled to God. That's who you are, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replies, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. That's who Jesus is. He's the one who we've been waiting for, the one who is to come. And, and yet, culturally, that gets dismissed. Now, a number of apologists, Christian apologists are people that defend the faith. And uh, they have decided, and they've come up with sort of three answers that you can have to this question about who Jesus is. And they're, they're really good. Because what Jesus claims throughout the scripture is that he's God. Every time you see the religious community getting upset with him and calling him a blasphemer, because Jesus has just said, I'm God. I'm here. I'm the one. That's what Jesus says about himself. So if that's what he's saying about himself, you have three choices when it comes to who Jesus is and reconciling that in your own life. Either he was a liar which means he didn't really believe that he was God, and he was just bold-faced lying, because that's who he was. But you, if, if he's a bold-faced liar, guess what? He's not. He's not a great moral teacher. He's not some sort of guru. He's not. He's not. He's a liar. Or he was a lunatic. He believed he was God when he wasn't actually God, which is also really bad. And if he was a lunatic, guess what you don't want to do? Follow any of his advice, because <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> Or, he was who he says he was. He was Lord. And if that's true, that changes everything. And each one of us has to come to grips with who he is. Who is it to you? Because you can't just kick back on like the culture, ah, he was a good guy, he was a good teacher, because he wasn't. If he's not who he says he was, he can't be any of those things. He is Lord. And that's the answer that's important for each one of us. 
Matthew 21, 10 and 11. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And those that knew him were quick to respond, This is Jesus. They didn't know the rest yet. The prophet from Nazarene in Galilee. But see, there's something about knowing Jesus that changes everything. He's the one that gives hope and life. He's the one that extends grace and mercy. He's the one who defeated the power of sin and the power of death. He's the one who promises to be with us always. He's the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. He's the one that makes a difference for each one of us who get to that point where we get who he is and we say yes to Jesus. And if you haven't answered that question for yourself, then I want you to be able to join with the crowd and know who he is when you say, this is Jesus, the true king of Israel, the one who came to set me free, my savior, my redeemer, my king. This is Jesus. Look, why did he have to come? What do we celebrate? What was he going to do? What was the cross all about? What's the resurrection? What's taking place? Here's the, the quick version of the good news, the gospel, if you will. All of us have chosen to go our own way. We, we had this great sort of setup with God where he wanted to partner with us and change everything, and we said, no, we'll do it on our own. That's what sin is, us choosing to go our way instead of God's way. And sin, which all of us have done, separates us from the living God. And no matter how hard you try after that moment, no matter how hard you work and perform and try and do the right things and be a good person, it's never going to get you back to that place where you hadn't messed up before. You can't do it in your own strength. And God knows that. So God comes. That's the whole thing that we celebrate. Jesus, fully God, fully man. He arrives on the scene. What does he do? He lives the perfect sinless life that none of us could. He does it for us. He's the perfect representation of what Israel was supposed to look like and what humanity was supposed to look like. And then he willingly goes to the cross for us. And there on the cross, he takes on all of our sin. Just try and imagine for a moment this this horrible moment. He's been beaten. He's been tortured. His friends have left him. He struggled to get the cross and needed help and he's been nailed to the cross and, and he feels all alone and he, he takes that sin on for all of us and he has to endure that pain and the humiliation. But I love in the scripture that it says that he endures all that because you were on his mind. He saw you. He did it just for you. You were what got him through and he took it through and he had that sin on him and he died. And when he died, they buried him. And he took that sin with him, all of our sin. He took him with him. And he was there for three days. And guess what he did with that sin? He left it down there. And then he defeated death and rose again. The first of all of us. Yes, that's what he's done. That's the good news. He's the Lord who made that possible to reconcile us. And we have to understand that. And then Paul says this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, not a liar, not a lunatic, not some good moral teacher, not just some prophet. Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's salvation. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. We just talked about that word last week, justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. 
That the moment you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, God sees you from then on in the perfection of his Son. Even though we're a work in progress with Holy Spirit being sanctified, justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Jesus is Lord. Who is this? Jesus. Jesus says, who do you say I am? Jesus is Lord. Nothing short of that is good enough. I want to do something a little different. I always, at every time we gather, I invite you to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Because I don't ever want anybody not to have that opportunity. But if you would bear with me, I just want to do it slightly differently today. And in just a moment, not yet, but in just a moment, I'm going to ask if you'll pray that prayer with me to know Jesus. And not yet, but in a moment, I'll ask you to slip your hand in the air. When I do that, it won't be to call you up front or call attention to you or anything, because in a moment I'm also going to ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. I know that's uncomfortable, but I'll just keep you that way for a minute. But I want everyone to answer that question. Have the opportunity to go, this is Jesus. Jesus is Lord. And Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to be my Savior. So just give me a minute, if you would, if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes. Everybody in the room. And If you would say with me today, Steve, yes, I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to know Jesus as Lord. Would you just slip your hand in the air so that I can pray with you? Okay, there come hands all over. Good for you. There they go. Amen. Okay, you can put your hand down. Why don't we all pray together? It's a family thing. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, you don't need to repeat after me. Let me pray for you. Papa, lots of people prayed that today. And I pray right now that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. A deposit guaranteeing our inheritance and that they would know how much you love them and that from this day forward, They would know that you are near Jesus and your nearness changes everything. And thank you for the party that just got touched off in heaven as the angels rejoice over one. And there were many. And thank you for including us in that celebration today. You're a great God. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over to the wall? People are there uh, are there to pray for you. Look, if you need prayer for anything today, please go get it. And some of you, maybe you prayed that prayer and you just want to follow up with somebody. Just say, hey, I prayed that prayer today and let them pray for you again. But uh, really cool stuff. The Lord was busy this morning, yeah. blessing and touching people during worship and, and in the word. But he gave, me, he gave me a word in this service for someone and... <laughs> It's for a young lady, and you've been praying because you want to have a baby. And the Lord says this to you. He is more than able. He is more than able. So if that's for anybody online or here, just be blessed. Rest. And God is with you. Amen. Amen. Good word. Good word. All right. Ministry team's over there if you need prayer for anything. Thank you, church, for your amazing generosity. And... uh, Partnering with you is such a wonderful thing. And there's ways to partner with us financially. Uh, Also, don't forget Easter. Invite people to church, okay? Invite people. It makes a difference. They will come and we will teach them 
and talk to them about Jesus. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun next week. Let's sing doxology. We'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Those doors will be open for you. Head out that way. Grab a stack of the invites. Invite people to church. Enjoy your weekend. Hope your team wins. We love you guys. Be kind to one another out there in the parking lot. It's a little full, okay? Parking fine. God bless you all. Uh, have a great week and celebrating and focusing on Jesus, obviously. We do that all the time, but it's a pretty big week. Uh, we'll be in John 20 next week. I got some fun stuff, so I'm really looking forward to that. Invite people to church, wherever you are. If you're going to church somewhere, invite them. If you watch online, invite them to do that. It's all good. Have a great week, everybody. Love you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh.